0: The Do You Mind.life project is intended to empower and connect women by engaging them in heart centered conversations. In a time when we too often minimize, apologize, or ask for permission, Do You Mind.life seeks to help women own our choices, claim our voices, and rise into the fullness of who we are. The Do You Mind podcasts are conversations with women who create, innovate, and make a difference in their communities and in our world. Welcome. I'm Stacey Lee, and this is the Do You Mind podcast. Today, my guest is Caroline Johnson. Caroline has had the good fortune of enjoying not one, but two creative careers doing what she loves, first as a journalist, then as a music teacher. She studied at the University of Tulsa, earning a Bachelor of Science in Journalism Education and a Master's of Art in Writing. She has also sung in church choirs for more than 50 years, as well as Tulsa Oratorio Chorus, Tulsa Opera Chorus, and the Tonics Folk Rock Group. She worked as a feature writer for the Tulsa Tribune for more than a decade, and then she was invited to bring your auto harp, teach some music, and help out around the office in the early years of Riverfield Country Day School. She retired there 27 years later, having taught in the preschool through middle school. Caroline continues to enjoy writing with her cottage company called Write For You, interviewing clients, writing their obituaries, and helping them plan memorial services. Caroline, I'm so glad to welcome you to a conversation today. Thank you, glad to be here. I invited you to come talk with me about creativity, and in part because I knew that you had taught at Riverfield and I knew that you had taught ORF music particularly. I didn't know about all these other things. Oh, and We've known each other a long time, from softball days. Oh my goodness, we've yes. known each other more than half my life. Yes. Wow, okay. Well let's, I, I want to start by talking about the ORF music because kind of where I was going with the creativity theme this month was how much we can be encouraged or discouraged as children and how we carry those stories around in our heads. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, my music teacher in elementary school told me just to lip sing, just to mouth the words. And it just breaks my heart every time I hear that because if that person had been in an Orff classroom that wouldn't have happened.
0: Okay, tell me about Orff.
1: Okay, Um, Carl Orff developed this pedagogy in the 30s and He really believed that music was not created in a vacuum. Mm. That um, you sing, you dance, you move to it, you play instruments, you improvise, you use written stories or poetry. It's all about creating whatever happens. Giving the children a base to build upon And, of course, it's developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then, but once, once they get those rhythms and, and know that there's not a right answer in ORF. It's all about creativity. It's all about them creating it. Sure, we teach dances and there are certain ways to do the dance, but then when they get fourth or fifth grade,
0: then they can make up their own dances, because they'll know what works and what doesn't work. Oh, I love it. Yeah. OK, so just to clarify, Carl Orff is, Carl. Uh, he wrote? Carmina Car- Barana. And yeah, so uh, opera. Such a great opportunity for kids to be in a very, very structured setting, but the Orff Orf music sessions sound much less structured.
1: Well, it, it sort of depends on the teacher. But um, just to go back to Carmina Barana for one moment, when it was done here in Tulsa, Ma Kong choreographed it. Oh, my gosh. I was sitting there going, Ma Kong so gets it. He gets it. I mean, it was just to have those dancers on the stage and the singers, you know, on either side of the stage, and
0: it's exactly what Karl Orff wanted. Uh, it, yeah, it was incredible. It's such powerful music. It
1: is. It, some really strange words, but yeah, yeah. It, and Carl Orff worked a lot with old texts and and old, but he believed. He believed that they weren't. They were. There were universal themes to be found. Sure. And to spring off of that, but anyway, um, but structure, no.
0: In the classrooms.
1: Yeah, I mean you have to have enough structure so it's not chaotic. (laughs) Although sometimes it's fun when it is chaotic.
0: Well, sometimes that's when creativity happens. Exactly, exactly. So I see that you brought show and tell. I want you to tell us a little bit about some of the instruments that you do, and then kind of, kind of, I just want to know what it would be like to be in that classroom. Do the kids choose their own instruments? Well, it depends. Um, Okay.
1: Carl Orff also developed The idea of using instruments from around the world rather than being very um, Eurocentric. You know, the only music that's worth anything is created in Europe. We all know that. No, not with Karl Orff. So he brought um, xylophones, you know, originally created in Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, Metallophones that have a, they're like xylophones, only they're made of metal, totally different sound, more. you know, maybe Asian-inspired or glockenspiels, you know, they're from Europe. Um, But besides the bard instruments, we use hand drums, we use a lot of handheld percussion instruments, Mm -hmm. and those a lot of those are from around the world. So it's a really nice way for children to um, know intimately world music and get an idea of oh this is what a piece from Japan would sound like or this is what African rhythms sound like or it's just such a good way to teach geography
0: oh yeah oh yeah well and you know music I think about music architecture costume the way people dress I think are all such interesting ways to teach geography and history Absolutely. But a lot of times it's not taught that way. It's, you know, memorize this date and this date right. and this war. Yeah. It's all about when wars happen, which obviously is a lot of yeah. human history, but but there's so much creativity in, and art of course, I didn't mention visual art, and, and just looking at what was created by different societies and what influenced them. So what was their belief? Right. Right. And why did they do and, things? Yeah. Why did they,
1: why did the Africans dance with their center of gravity down low toward the earth. Mm. Well, they believed the earth was very powerful. Okay, right. But um, there's a great quote, and I'm not sure Carl Orff said it. I think somebody who made a poster said it, but it might have been Carl Orff. If we could all dance together, we'd have world peace. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, I I truly believe that, because when you dance, when you learn to dance from another culture, it's just so
0: sweet. Have you ever done the International Dances for Peace? No. I had an opportunity to do that, actually, in Auckland, in New Zealand, last summer. I was winter there, because it's July, but I, I had had, like, a really, really hard day of internal personal work and had kind of walked through some pretty dark shadows and I knew that that was happening and so I drove into Auckland anyway, even though like I was still My eyes were still red from tears, you know from from earlier in the day and I got there and started doing these dances and They were all unfamiliar. The tunes were unfamiliar. The words were unfamiliar sometimes it was learning a, a chant that was in a different language and then learning the movements. But the beautiful thing about that was, see, I don't see myself as a dancer. You know, I haven't never given myself permission to be a dancer, right. right? Right. So I got there and I started concentrating so much on getting the words and the tune right that my body just did what my body did. It was the most liberating oh, thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And and when that's one thing I really like about or, and I think it teaches children this, um, that that music, everybody's music, whatever country you're from, has an organizational map. And it might be just A, B, A, B, A, B, you know, song verse, song verse, or um, A, B, C, D, B, A, B, you know, right? (laughs) But when you know which section is coming, then you can do the steps easy. So when you were saying, listening so closely to the words, and, uh, it, but it was going in another channel, too. Yeah, it was. Because our brains are left brain, right brain. And the left brain, we have the words, and the right brain processes the music. That's why we, we will all be singing rock and roll lyrics in the old people's homes. Because <laughs> we will remember those. Yeah. They, they happened on both sides of our brains. Right. Or, and or we dance to them. Right. So, it's, music is, I can't, how could can schools cut out music? Oh, I know. It's both, I it know. It's just so develops your brain.
0: It, it, you said that about the old folks, home, I remember my grandmother, and even after she had Alzheimer's, and by the time she was all but gone, like the, the grandmother I knew was all but gone, I could sing songs from her childhood, and she would come, oh, yeah. Totally. She would perk up, she would clap along, if nothing else, sometimes she'd sing along, but she would clap along in her thin, thin voice. She wanted, she remembered. Of course. And she wanted to be part of it.
1: That long-term memory, it's still stored there. Yeah. It's still there. I read an article, and I think think it was in the AARP Bulletin, about a place, and I can't remember what therapy they've named it, but it's a space that they've created an old-fashioned 1950s sort of soda fountain. Oh, yeah. And all the all the furniture is the way it, it from that era. And they take people with Alzheimer's into that space. And suddenly they're talking and remembering. And because it's a familiar space. Yeah.
0: All right, I asked you to show me the, oh, I want to go back to the the show and tell. Now, we'll, while Caroline's picking up some of these, I'll let our listening audience know, we will put some of the photos of some of these instruments in our program notes, because they're really, really cool looking instruments.
1: Another thing I loved, 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 loved about the ORF pedagogy, the ORF, you don't call it a method, but pedagogy is such a stodgy word. But anyway, <laughs> um, is that instruments, don't have to be instruments that were manufactured to be instruments. Okay. Instruments, if you're telling the story of Pecos Bill, well, you need a pair of horseshoes. There you go. Yeah. Anything can be an instrument. So, one of my students, in fact, I still keep up with her on Facebook. Um, These are from her horse which make them
0: even more special. And what a nice sound they make. Oh they do. I'd like yeah. to have wind chimes. Maybe kind of far away from the back door because I right. think they could get right. loud. They, but, they, they could
1: be yeah. real loud, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Another student brought me this little, um, we just call it the bird, but it's um, a round, it's, it it's like a gourd? It's maybe. almost a gourd but I don't think it is actually a gourd, I think it's turned wood, but it's from Vietnam and oh that's beautiful. It makes a wonderful sound so if you're doing a song about a woodpecker you know. Oh there you go. But you don't have to be that literal with it either so Uh, but I like the fact that my student brought that to me. This is from an older woman, um, God rest her soul, and she gave it to me. She had traveled to Central and South America and it's a an, it's a very sort of crude huero. Oh, it makes a great oh, sound. That's great. Oh, and the kids love the unpitched percussion. Well, they like the barred instruments as well too. But um, these are uh, well, if you're telling a story or singing a song about John Henry. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: You need railroad (laughs) spikes. There you go. They make a great sound.
1: And they are very loud as well.
0: I think we just got a taste of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I forget how loud they are are, because I love
1: them so much. I I just love the sound of them.
0: Um, I like the pitch too. I do
1: too. That's fun. From down under, these are called clackety sticks. And I am told that the aboriginals people communicate with these from hillside to hillside.
0: They would be very loud, yeah. These
1: These are small small ones. I'm sure they use bigger, louder ones. But that always blows the kids' minds that they would communicate with these sticks. So So these these are, to me, much more interesting than manufactured rhythm sticks. And they're really pretty. That Yeah, the artwork on them looks wood-burning. Nice. I like these.
0: Yeah, and that is um, something else that I've come across as I've been reading a lot of different things for the creativity theme this month. This ancient people, actually I think it was uh, in Big Magic, which I promised you I wasn't going to talk about (laughs) because you said you hadn't read it yet, but here I go. That's okay. Because I love Elizabeth Gilbert and this is uh, in Big Magic. She talked about if you're breathing, you're a creative person because our ancestors, 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 you know, thousands of years ago would take the simplest of things and turn it into art you know, utilitarian things. Yes, art. So yes. this is meant to be a music stick and yet it's decorated so it's also pretty to look at. Right, right.
1: I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another student, well my goddaughter also brought this to me from Tanzania. And it's a it's
0: a shaker. shaker. It's like a gourd. And it with is shells. indeed
1: a gourd. Yeah. It is indeed a gourd with shells on the outside. The top of the gourd makes a really nice and, handle for oh, it. Oh beautiful, beautiful piece. So
0: I mean, like, you just brought these over. Do you have these at your house, just, like, museum pieces sitting around? No,
1: actually, they're just in a closet in baskets and bags. And Another older lady in the church knew that I played auto harp, and she was having a garage sale or whatever. Or maybe she wasn't. She just said, I have something that I think you might like, and I had no idea what this would be. I didn't know her that well. I mean, just friendly, nodding acquaintances. and, and um, she brought this wonderful, it's called a jubel harp, but it's from um, Austria, Germany, that mm-hmm. area. And it is it is the forerunner of the auto harp. Really? I mean, it's shaped exactly like an auto harp, and but it's painted, that enamel, that wonderful painting they do on instruments and with the flowers. And it's yellow with orange and red flowers. And... With the strings, just like an auto harp, Um, but it's hanging in my house too. Oh, nice little piece! Yeah,
0: you must have all kinds of things around because you used to play the uh, washboard. Yes, I remember you're playing with with the what was the name of your band? The Tonic. No, there was another name. There was another band that you had. It was like the Not Ready For No. Oh, that's the, um, yeah, yeah. The Don't Quit band. Your Day Job Jug
1: Band. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. yeah. And I did play. Gosh, you've got a good memory. That's been a long time ago.
0: You guys yeah. were fun because you never took yourselves so oh, no. seriously. <laughs> oh, no. You just had a lot of fun, and and it was apparent. And I would hear you guys play, and it was, it was fun. It was fun. And yeah, you sounded good, fun. too. Yeah, you, Washboard the North. Washboard the North. Yeah. yeah yeah all right we have a couple more show and tell here
1: yeah more show and tell stacy wanted a um egg shaker which are is just you can't beat egg shakers especially with the little ones because then they can have an instrument in their hand and they think they're so cool and it's not crazy loud
0: yeah um and i remember my girls having those when they were i mean Two, maybe two, Yeah. And being in a little music class and being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But you can make an egg sugar sound differently if you put screws and bolts in it. Yeah, oh yeah, I love it. You know, so you might, might something might call for, well, and it's louder too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that.
0: And this is a genuine manufactured instrument. Okay, I had to describe this thing. It looks like sort of like large dominoes that are fastened all together on one side with a strap of leather. And okay. they make the most wonderful sound. And you can use them in so many
1: different ways. You can use them as sound effects in a story. Yeah.
0: Going oh, up downstairs. Cool. Oh yeah. That's going downstairs. Too yeah. Fast, right?
1: yeah, that's pretty fast. Or you can just use them simply as a rhythm instrument. They're they're really fun. It's interesting to watch the children who will tackle this one though cuz it's sort of hard to play,
0: sort of hard yeah, to manage. That's a kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: You got to use some nuance. But it's just they like it a lot, especially since it looks like a caterpillar. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> and let's see, have I showed you something? Oh, yes, the meditation. And I'm These are actually meditation symbols, and you... And the sound lasts forever. And we're all going to be quiet until the sound goes away. And the kids just listen, listen, listen. That's what's so wonderful about ORF teaching, is it teaches them to listen as well as make their own sounds. Right. They have to listen. They really listen. So, oh, and and last but not least I think are the chopsticks. Oh, right. That are just your um, everyday run-of-the-mill chopsticks that you'd get at a restaurant. But they're so much nicer than a whole room full of rhythm sticks <laughs> <laughs> that are really, that's really loud. And these are great little And they're so sturdy. I didn't know that they last so long. I was real surprised. Oh, I had a, I had a, oh, these are probably 20, 25 years old. Yeah. But it's, what a good way for, but that's what, one thing Carl wants you to do is with the kids, is you tap the rhythms, you pat the rhythms, you put them in your feet. You, yeah. So really
0: feeling and experiencing Uh Uh it. So
1: it just becomes second nature.
0: Well, yeah, because all music really is based on rhythm. You can have a lot of different ways of making sound, but underneath it all, there there's always a, has to there's
1: usually on. a steady beat. Now, sometimes with jazz, the steady beat <laughs> goes no away, way. but it's yeah, usually. And the other thing I was going to say about the instruments from different countries. Ooh, did I show you the Mongolian cowbell?
0: No, uh, no.
1: A friend, in fact, she lives just down the street. She goes to Europe and finds stuff in sales, junk sales, and rum rummage sales. But cool. but it's all wooden. I I just would love to hear a whole herd of cattle with these. Oh, well, wouldn't that be Isn't that pretty? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And those are those are look like handmade. So it's like jointed. We're gonna have to put a picture of this in the pro- yes. program notes yes. and let people sort of figure it out. But it's that's wonderful, and I love the sound. And the, it's, a it's a nice, nice sound. sound. But um,
1: again, instruments from all over the world just
0: opens opens doors for kids. I think yeah. it's just yeah. yeah, and again, every culture has its music. Every culture has its sounds. And that just points to me how basic, fundamental the desire to make to and make. create. Yes. Is.
1: Oh, absolutely. And with the ORF process, it's you know you build you build on it little step by step according whatever age you're working with. But then then it's it's so it's the coolest thing. I was not a music teacher who stood behind and banged a piano. Right. That doesn't teach children pitch. It doesn't, you know, it teaches them to sing along with the piano, which is no I mean, that's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. But all of Orff's instrumentarium, it's all acoustic. And the theory is that children learn where different pitches are more effectively with acoustic music and i don't know why oh. i don't know what what that magic's
0: about well you said but listening yeah so it's listening it.
1: and yeah and they have to own it that's the other thing you know when you, when the teacher accompanies with a piano the children don't own that pitch right. but when you're accompanying when you're a child and you're accompanying the piece on the instrument going the bomb bum, 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 on whatever pitches. It's usually the one and five, the tonic and dominant. Um, then the children learn how to find that pitch. They learn where do is, and then they learn how to find that pitch. And I I thought, oh, well, this is, yeah, this sounds real good. And yeah, sure. But I didn't believe it until, because one afternoon I, w- I was listening to the Oh, they were probably sixth, seventh grade girls, and they were singing the school song. Which, which they had sung with a piano mm-hmm. in assemblies and stuff like that, and they've they'd sung it for many years. But I went over to the piano and hit a D chord, and I'll be darned if they weren't singing in the key of D. Okay, it's like whoa, this really works. <laughs> All right, directly on pitch. yeah. So it sort of it. blew
0: my mind. Well, and yeah, and I know a few people who have perfect pitch. Oh, curse. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's interesting because in some parts of the world, depending on the type of language that's spoken, a huge percentage of the population have per- perfect pitch oh, because, yeah, because they're tonal languages. And I can't give you the percentages and the numbers, but a friend of mine who has perfect pitch has told me this before. Well, and
1: that's, if I had to do it if I could do my life all over again mm-hmm. I would love to study the correlation between language and the vocal sounds that culture produces yeah because yeah. oh those Russian big deep long vowels well that's in their language right and then listen to the difference in Asian music and right. listen to their language it right. fascinates me.
0: That is fascinating. Which
1: came mm-hmm. first, the chicken or the egg? The language or the singing?
0: Ah, yeah. Or... Kind of at the same time Yeah. should really together. Interesting. That'd be very interesting. But to sing those beautiful yeah. Russian vowels,
1: you have to have long, long sounds. Oh, there it's...
0: And a lot of breath support, I guess. And a lot of breath support.
1: Yeah. And I think, well, I, I, I sort of started thinking those lines when I sang with the opera, because we sang in different languages, sure, and uh, that was interesting to sing in French, sing in Italian was the best, of course, but, <laughs> but to sing in Russian, it's a whole different
0: sound Oh, yeah. Scape. Oh, yeah. And German. Did you get to sing in German? Oh, that's, yes. That's harder. <laughs>
1: it is very challenging. German is challenging. Yes. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I believe that. I totally believe. Well, there are many many different influences though to, into what each cultures music sounds like you know um, mm-hmm. But that I, I'm kind of fascinated by that too And that it the yeah. language
1: the correlation between the, the language, language
0: and, the, and the sounds yeah Yeah, so how the human brain is? Sort of pre-wired okay, so this kind of lapses into language acquisition Which is really interesting to me and I studied Noam Chomsky and transformational generative grammar, which is basically the idea. Oh, I bet you did. (laughs) I I bet you did. did. So, I think I was the last class to go through that had to study Chomsky. But it was, uh, I was fascinated by it. My classmates were just sweating (laughs) blood because it was (laughs) difficult. But the underlying theory is that we're born with all the syntactical rules of all the world's languages. And depending on what we hear, again, listening, then we sort of our brains pick out which rules apply. So I'm wondering if that ties into wow. music. I know it's kind of mind mind. Yeah, I, I was is. really fascinated by it. And then when I had my own children and I watched them develop language, I was I was like a little mini lab because I'm mini laboratory because I'm like watching all of their developmental stages right. because I'm just fascinated by language and by music. It's in those correlations. And so. and both of your children are musical. They are, yeah. And they're both big readers, avid readers, avid, you know, they're... they So words are very important and music is very important to both of them. And words were important to you because you were also in journalism. Right, right. So there's all this overlay, overlap. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's... The dancing, you know, we have the children move to the beat and march and and skip and all that, it's so much fun. And, but I started that with them in kindergarten, which (laughs) was not hard at all in kindergarten, but the nice thing was then there was a culture of dancing right, in all my classrooms, so there was never any issue of, oh I don't want to dance with girls, or I don't want to dance with him, or I don't want to dance with her. Never an issue, because they danced for so
0: many years
1: in music class. It was just a thing they did. That's wonderful. I love
0: that. Yeah, I love that. That's wonderful. Because movement is also... I I homeschooled my daughters when they were little, and one was very, very fine motor, and the other was very, very gross motor. And so... Oh, interesting. One... So two different learning styles, but, you know, in homeschooling, I get to just change on a dime what I'm going to do. So I would have... One of them jump to the letter J. We had these big board, this big um, thing on the floor with those foam letters. Oh yes, you know, the yes. Thing. And I think we had like three sets of alphabets, so I could say okay, could jump to the letter J. Oh, you know, and then oh, they would jump, and then and then you know they could dance on the letter that says D you know uh-huh. or whatever and, and but it was oh, all gross sounds, movement oh, but
1: but connecting making those connections yeah with the language and the movement and the duh sound and oh yeah that was very good it
0: it worked out really really <laughs> yeah, well yeah you know, we would all play we had three sets so each girl could take a letter i could take a letter and we would just made fun you know made it a big fun game and it was using gross motor, so that it, and just trying to use as many modalities as possible. There you go. Which you we go. often,
1: I think, don't all do. The seven intelligences. Exactly. Those, I so believe in those seven intelligences. And you have them all in music. They all happen in music. Yep, they do.
0: Wow, okay.
1: <clears throat>
0: okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you rattle off the no. seven? Okay. I knew I was a I can, I spot, can get but... some of
1: them. Well... You have Aural learners, kids that learn by ear. You have visual learners, you have tactile uh kinesthetic. kinesthetic learners. Um mathematical learners. Okay. That's four. There are three more
0: that I'll think of eventually. Okay. I didn't mean to really should. put you on the yeah, spot. I, I mean it was that's interesting because all they also seven intelligence, music, music and math have a strong correlation yes. as well. Yes and music and foreign languages. And they've added some
1: intelligences too, and one of them is nature.
0: Oh, really? Well, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh, learning about the natural world. But. And then I'm looking at these instruments and the way that they're made, and some of them are very, very organic looking, and so yeah, you have the nature there too.
1: And those seven intelligences open the door for children in an orf classroom, they can experience the music in whatever way they need to. Right. You know, so if you have the child that has to pace back from back and forth across well that's fine. He's learning. He's learning. He's learning. Engurging and he's probably to, and he's probably pacing in rhythm too. I was gonna say agree yeah. to put something <laughs> right. that jangles right. on right. his shoes, right? Uh-huh. So,
0: yeah.
1: Or you have the little mathematical guy. Mm-hmm that is just killer on a rhythm part, on a difficult rhythm part, Mm -hmm. because, oh, he's all counting that in his head. Time after time, I would have my ADD, ADHD children, and that were just fidgety and couldn't quite, you know, Mm -hmm. they were, they were fine, but you put a pair of mallets in their hand and focus that attention, and you've got the best bass players in the classroom were those ADD kids. It was the darnedest thing I'd ever seen. But boy those mallets focused them and they were perfect on their rhythm. Yeah. It was just magic. I had a wonderful boy. He's studying filmmaking now, I really? think. Uh-huh. Um, who was a- Asperger's child or Home
0: on spectrum. that spectrum,
1: yeah, however we say it properly nowadays. And he just couldn't get the hang of a do doe; it just made no sense to him and he came in second grade and and of course these kids had already been dancing for three years okay and so and he was a little weird about it i mean he just didn't know what to make of it and but by the end of the year he was fine love this kid oh i love the things he said he did a do doe, and the entire class Applauded for him. Oh, wow. oh, I know. It was That's, just. It was just the coolest yeah. thing. And then yeah. about thirty minutes after his cl- class went back to their classroom, he brought this drawing into me, and he said he had his name written, which I better not say. Yeah. Star dancer. Oh, oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. I loved it. And so, so in a North classroom, he had time. And he had permission to learn it at his own speed. Right, And that's what right. I loved about ORF, is that it really gave children, it gave your hot shots, your kids who just got it like that, like that, like, well, they can be on the glockenspiel parts, they can be on the, all these hard parts. <laughs> and okay. you know, um, and, it, and it gave the slower, the slower kids were fine, and it, I, that's why I loved that. That way of teaching, and there was, there's a joke around music teacher communities that, that, and this is no diss on Kodai, because Kodai is a wonderful method, and for sight singing and accurate pitch and reading music, you can't beat Kodai. Um, but you can tell a Kodai teacher from an Orff teacher, because a Kodai teacher at a, at conferences will be all in neat in a suit and be very neat. And the ORF teachers sort of look like old hippies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, flowy dresses. But that's that's maybe not a nice thing to say.
0: (laughs) What I want to know is are there ORF classes for adults? Because it sounds like fun. (gasps) Oh, would that
1: not be fun? We
0: should just do that. We should totally do that.
1: Oh, you could so do ORF with adults.
0: Okay, we're going to set up an ORF date and we're just going to do it. instruments at the church. Oh and yeah, we're going to do that.
1: women's that. group. Oh, I know. We should do an ORF thing with the women.
0: We will do, we'll get some mm. women together and do. Instrumental thing. Wouldn't that be just awesome?
1: They'd, oh, they'd it? love it. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So, for our listening audience, eh, if you're in Tulsa, <laughs> maybe you'll get to find out about it. But if you're not, you know what, we'll We'll be posting about it. We'll write about it. This will be a lot of that fun. That would be
1: so much fun. Because the thing
0: is, we forget. By the time we get to be adults, you know, sometimes, like, we forget how to just have fun. And I'm like, I'm just looking at these instruments. So I'm thinking, oh, fun. I'm, and you want to get you down and play with and them. picked up and showed them to me. I didn't get yeah. to play yeah, them. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It was a lot of fun, though. Well, and thank you so much for coming, talking oh, with me. Oh, you're welcome. And I hope I've helped. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to talk about creativity. But now I'm going to encourage any listeners, get out and have fun with music. Pick up a, a pair of chopsticks and just start making music. A Pringles can. Oh, yeah, you gave me a Pringles yeah. can. Yeah, right. I mean, you can play a Pringles can mix. Here we go. Great. Chopstick and Pringles.
1: There you go. Or on the side. Sounds
0: like that. So what you need to do,
1: though, is get, get a group of people.
0: It. And, yeah, put something in it. Yeah. And you've got all kinds. Oh, yeah. Of... So you need to get a group of people. Get some things where you can make some nice rhythms and just have fun. Caroline, thank you again. Oh, We'll be talking. enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, we invite you to subscribe, or better yet, become a member of the DoYouMind.life community. Members are invited to join the conversation on our discussion page, and they receive a monthly membership box intended to connect them with the monthly theme in a variety of ways. Please visit www.DoyouMind.life membership to learn more. Thank you for listening.